Hi, this is Dr. Bill Renner. I myself am board certified in internal medicine and radiology. I'm honored to moderate a series of podcasts on evidence-based medicine and wellness with Dr. Alan Safdie. Dr. Safdie has lectured around the world and is the principal investigator in about 300 clinical research studies and the co-investigator in about 900 clinical research studies. Alan, today I want to talk about COVID-19 vaccine myths, okay? Because I know there's a lot of hesitancy to take that vaccine. We, You and I, just uh, to explain to the audience, and I think if people listen, they all know, you and, about, you and I have both taken the vaccine. Uh, I've had uh, both doses of the Moderna vaccine and have very uh, little reaction and uh, no apparent uh, problem uh, with it. But let's talk about some of the myths. Uh, here's one I get from the nurses all the time. They develop the vaccine so fast it can't be safe. I, it's a great question, Bill. I get it all the time. I not only get it in person, but by multiple emails every evening. Um, and, and it's true. There's no question that this vaccine was developed extremely fast. Um, you know, the previous, you know, record breaker in regards to rapidity of vaccine development, um, other than the influenza vaccines, because we modify those on a yearly basis, uh, was the mumps vaccine, which was developed in about four years. Uh, but this wasn't from scratch. That's one of the things people don't understand. Uh, we, we've been studying coronaviruses, which COVID-19 is, uh, for, you know, many decades now. Uh, it's not new. Uh, you know, COVID-19 is on every single continent on this planet right now. Um, you know, right now we have 102 million infections, more than 2.2 million deaths. Um, you know, we have this spread throughout the world. So we have unprecedented worldwide collaboration. Usually we have difficulty enrolling people. I've been involved in clinical research for over 30 years. So it's very difficult for me sometime to recruit volunteers. And this time with COVID-19, there was absolutely more volunteers than you could almost use. Uh, some of these studies were huge. The Johnson and Johnson studies, a gigantic study, um, you know, over 40,000 individuals that enrolled in that study. So yeah, normal. That's a huge, that's huge. Yeah. Normally what there's 2000, 3000. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, the AstraZeneca, I'll have to look the exact ones because I wasn't involved, maybe 20,000 something people, multiple studies going on at one time, as we mentioned before, you know, phase three studies is up in the seventies. Um, so multiple studies enrolling at the same time with no shortage of people in most of these studies. Uh, so it wasn't fast. Um, and some of this has been in development. Messenger RNA has been in development for some time. So it's kind of sitting, waiting on the shelf to be developed. Um, so we have huge numbers in the studies. We've had huge numbers that have already been vaccinated. So as you said, you've gotten a vaccine um, because you understand the safety profile and I understand this vaccine, the vaccine is only making for a short period of time spike proteins. It's not making anything else. Um, and the vaccine gets into our muscle cells, a little bit into our spleen, a little bit into our liver, and a little bit into the lymph nodes, but predominantly in the muscle cells where it's injected and into the cytoplasm, and you make these spike proteins. Not for very long. Um, you know, it'd be nice if it made them a little bit longer because that messenger RNA is pushed out of those cells as the cells need to go on to other functions. And that's it. It's not doing anything else. Um, so although it was developed with rapidity, I am 
at this point in time, happy with the safety profile. All right, here's a question. The vaccine, uh, can the vaccine, or does the vaccine alter my DNA? Um, yeah, maybe it can alter mine and make me taller uh, and younger. No, it doesn't alter your DNA. Um, you know, these are based upon messenger RNA. These vaccines work differently to traditional types of vaccines. Um, you know, the classic vaccines you get, we either chop up viruses into little pieces or inactivate them and give them to people to produce an immune response. Um, this is giving you instructions into your cells, as I mentioned previously, but it doesn't get into the nucleus of the cell. Uh, the instructions go into the cytoplasm, the, the stuff around the nucleus, and it only makes these proteins, you know, for a short period of time, kind of priming the response to your immune system so your immune system can respond to COVID-19 if it comes in contact with it. But it does not hang around inside these cells for any prolonged period of time. It's not integrated in any fashion into your DNA. It doesn't even get into the nucleus where your DNA resides. All right. Uh, the vaccine Is the vaccine made with fetal tissue? You know, there is absolutely no evidence that the vaccine is made with fetal tissue. There's no fetal components within the vaccine whatsoever. Um, you know, the vaccine itself, and, and this is a you know, rumor that's been spread around, neither the COVID-19 vaccines that we have approved in this country at this time have any tissue from fetuses, none whatsoever. And the, as I understand it, now my wife uh, is Catholic, that the Pope um, has endorsed this vaccine. So saying that there's uh, no uh, fetal, uh, no fetal tissue used in this vaccine. There's none within the vaccines, whether people, you know, there's fetal cell lines that are out, fetus cell lines that are out there. They have nothing to do with the vaccine, but sometimes they use these from the early 1970s and 1980s uh, to look for toxicity against these things. But there, there is absolutely in the vaccines that will be administered in people. Um, there is absolutely no fetal tissue uh, in any of these vaccines. And fetal tissue was not used to make these vaccines. No, there's no fetal cells used in any vaccine production process. All right. Now, uh, here's another big one. Uh, there's a microchip in the vaccine so the government can track you. Uh, unfortunately, the government can already track me. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I find this hilarious. <laughs> if anybody thinks they're not being tracked, <laughs> you're crazy. You have a cell phone. Your, 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 your location is being sent out to the entire world. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, if somebody wants to track me, it's not. They're, they're already tracking you, bud. Uh, it's too late for that. <laughs> um, but even if they wanted to do this, um, it's not possible especially with the size of needles and things we use to shrink the components of a radio transmitter, a radio receiver and a radio transponder into a small enough size to fit through the end of a needle along with the vaccine uh, within there. Um, it's one, not possible Two, it's kind of ludicrous because as you said, you know, if you, in reality, our mobile phones are already, you know, 
every day tracking us. If They're I tracking to, us, everything we do, everything we spend. Uh, I mean, if I every go to a dollar you buy, every everything you buy, it's all being tracked. If I give a lecture in a different city, suddenly I'm getting ads from restaurants in that city, um, and I've never even been there before. Um, so. I'm not worried about this. And two, at this point in time, it's absolutely impossible to have, you know, transponders, receivers, transmitters, and the battery um, in order for those to function, then to be able to go through a needle. And two, when it doesn't have to be done. If somebody wants to track you, you're there. Um, it's being done already. Here's another one I get. Uh, if you have uh, comorbidities are risk factors for COVID vaccines, such as heart disease or diabetes. Uh, the the vaccine might not be safe for you. Is that true? You know, th that's a good question. Um, pre-existing conditions. Uh, some of these people with pre-existing conditions are some of the people at highest risk for death from COVID-19. Uh, people with underlying lung disease, people with diabetes, people with obesity, people with heart disease, uh, people that are immune response. Um, these pre-existing conditions can in increase the risk of developing more severe COVID-19 symptoms. Uh, so a lot of these patients, we feel that always talk to your doctor, but we feel being vaccinated is even more important for them with these pre-existing conditions than it is for the general population. Uh, if people had a history of severe allergic reactions, however, to vaccines or injectable medications, um, you know, they should always um, talk to their doctors and people with history of allergies to oral medications or family history of severe allergic reactions. You know, we do vaccinate, but we always say, tell the people that you're doing your vaccination. Alan, here's another question. If, if you have pre-existing health conditions like uh, severe heart disease or diabetes or obesity, uh, is the vaccine safe for you to get? You know, that's a good question, Bill, because people, uh, you know, we, we've heard people saying, you know, I can't take this vaccine because I have diabetes or obesity or, you know, one of these pre-existing conditions, lung disease. Um, you know, always talk to your doctor uh, to discuss it. But, you know, the people that are graded greatest risk for developing severe COVID-19 symptoms and complications are the ones with obesity, are the ones with heart disease, diabetes, uh, lung disease. These people are at significant risk. Uh, so, you know, we do recommend vaccinating people with pre-existing conditions, but talk to your physicians first. Um, you know, the one caveat would be uh, the people with a history of severe allergic reactions um, you know, always talk to your doctors about that if you've had severe allergic reactions. Um, you know, if people had a history of allergies to oral medications or a family history of severe allergic reactions, you know, we are going ahead and vaccinating those patients. But again, discuss that with your family physician and make sure no matter who you are, that the site you're going to can treat allergic reactions, meaning they mainly have EpiPens there. Um, you know, most of us have taken basic life support as well as advanced cardiac life support um, protocols, but I'm not sure the people that are administering this, but the one thing they should have there is, you know, EpiPens, epinephrine, which are a very easy method of delivering epinephrine for these allergic reactions. And again, we discussed this previously, that the allergic reactions that we're seeing 
are, you know, no more so than what we've seen with other vaccines. In the first million doses of the Pfizer, there was 11.1 cases of anaphylaxis out of a million. Um, so not an extremely common thing to see. All right. Here's another question. After I get the vaccine, can I go back to a normal life? No. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Normal's over, folks. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not sure that this vaccine can prevent you from getting asymptomatic infections. So after you've been vaccinated, you still may be able to get the virus and transmit it to other people. Um, and remember, we don't have a vaccine that's 100% protective. And under study conditions, it's usually better than what we find in the real world. So in the, the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines were 94 and 95% um, for those, but we weren't 100% for any of these. And now that we have some more virulent, uh, like the 351 mutations that we're seeing, uh, which we may even have a slightly lesser response to, no, you cannot go back to resuming a normal life you still may be able to transmit or carry the virus, even though you're not sick and give it to other people. And there's still a chance you, you could get sick, um, especially as we get more and more mutations. The goal is to prevent mutations. The way we prevent mutations is wear a mask, prevent whether you've been vaccinated or not, wash your hands, you know, physical distancing, and that's not gonna go away very quickly until we get the vast majority of the public to be vaccinated. Uh, until then, you know, the only way to stop this virus from mutating, that's what viruses do. They mutate, they make mistakes on every, you know, generation. And the mistakes that confer benefits to that virus, then it's going to hang around because if it's more virulent, meaning it can be more dangerous in its host, it's going to be the one that propagates. Um, it's going to be the one that lives. So we need to stop these mutations by stopping people from getting this. So don't go back and be a potential transmitter of viruses to other people. And remember, you are not 100% protected. Let me ask you, Bill, uh, you've had both vaccines. Are you going back to resume a normal life? Um, not a chance. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I mean, you, you, we can't right now. Let's face it. We just, we don't know. Um, what percent? Like you said, I, per, I personally am going to be tested. I'm going to go uh, have my antibodies tested uh, about two weeks after, you know, the, I've uh, had immunity from the vaccine and to make sure that I have some antibodies. That'll just make me sleep a little bit better. But we don't know how long the vaccine uh, lasts. And, and just like you said, we don't know if it's possible that we can spread the vaccine to other people. So for a while, uh, you know, I would say for an, a, another year or so, uh, we're going to be in this uh, COVID mess, uh, but we're going to work our way out of it. There's a there's a light at the end of the tunnel, uh, but we still have a little bit of a tunnel to go through. Alan, this has been a, a great discussion. I know the next talk you're going to talk about the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, which is is uh, really exciting that in my mind. I'm looking forward to that. If you like our uh, podcast, if you like evidence based medicines, please subscribe to our channel and tell your friends about it. Thank you, Bill. And uh, remember, this vaccine will not protect you for life. Uh, as you get a flu shot every year, you may be getting a COVID-19 updated, what we call booster, as we have more and more mutations. So 
we just don't know that yet. We don't know how long the immunity will last. So be careful, wear your mask, socially distance, wash your hands and continue to be careful so we can put this behind us. Uh, thank you, Alan. Yeah, we're all looking forward to that so we can get back to, you know, what we, what we all have considered a normal life for, for us and mostly our children and grandchildren. Thanks. Thank you, Alan, again. Stay safe. Take care.